Hey everybody, it's Christina Caramo and welcome to It's Solid Food. Today we're going to be talking about secular progressivism and the five or rather six ways they are infiltrating and pushing their agenda in society. Secular simply means that it's not spiritual, not religious. And we have people advocating for a society absent of God. They want an atheistic society. Though many of these people claim to have some spiritual, spiritual beliefs, they aren't Christian and typically they're either atheistic or in some type of pagan worship. We're going to talk about that and the ways that they are changing society. I'm Christina Caramo, and now it's time for some solid food. Welcome to It's Solid Food, where we discuss all things in Christian apologetics, culture, and politics. So, um, I just realized I always start sentences off with so. I didn't just realize that, but it just came to my head. Anyway, so, I did it again. <laughs> We're talking about secular progressivism. I picked that topic because it's something that we are dealing with that I don't think most people realize. They just realize there's this move to kind of deny God and they don't know how to package it and put it together. But it's a very particular worldview. We call it sometimes materialism. But everyone who's necessarily pushing secular progressivism isn't necessarily a materialist. And materialist, of course, is a person who believes that the, only the material world exists. There's no real essence to us. But the secular progressive, many of these people aren't necessarily secular in the sense that they believe there's nothing other than material, but that's the kind of society that they want. Ultimately, it leads to destruction, it leads to chaos, and it leads us right into Romans 1. Now, I'm going to quickly read Romans 1, not all of the whole thing, that's going to be quite a long, but just Romans 1. 16 through 23. And I'm going to be quick. The reason why I want to read that because it really sets things up so you can see exactly how our world is mocking or mimicking and turning really into Rome. And many of the things that brought Rome down will destroy our society. And ultimately, the most important thing is caring for people's eternal self. So Paul says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Hmm, political correctness. Nevertheless, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation, excuse me, ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him. Honored him as God or gave him thanks, but they became futile in their thinking. Hmm, gotta see some of that today. And their foolish hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. They became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Now, I also would add 
that also points to like pagan cultures. They worship like this God and that God and things as well. But we made God of things in our society, not necessarily by giving them spiritual attributes, but by making them idols in our lives. So against the secular progressive worldview is those as the worldview where you want religious things out of society, out of the public square. Notice how a lot of secular progressives, and to be really quick, that term was coined by Bill O'Reilly. I used to love me some Bill O'Reilly. Really disappointed his show doesn't come on anymore. But he's the one who kind of coined that particular term and the idea of these people wanting a, a society without God. And there are main ways as to which they advocate their agenda to kind of build this cohesive, if you will, um, conglomerate of thinkers and political actors who all advocate for the same agenda. They really undergird what we call liberalism. Um, I know a lot of liberals, even though some of them may agree with some of these perspectives, um, not all of them, but the regressive left, um, however you want to identify them, there's so many you call them liberals, leftists, whatever, but ultimately they're secular progressives. Marxists, all of them fall under this category. Okay? So we're going to be quick here. The first thing are the hard sciences. Now, the reason why this is really important for the secular progressives, and, and the thing about it is we have to remember the mastermind behind all of this is Satan. And that's the thing. See, Oftentimes, if you think about people in the military, they only know so much as needed to make them an effective foot soldier. They don't need to know everything. Because sometimes if they knew too much, then they wouldn't be effective as a soldier. Now, the same is true with any kind of army. Lots of times it's on a need-to-know basis. Well, since Satan is a deceiver, he isn't concealing certain information to make you more effective for the the well-being of the group he wants to make you more effective for his agenda and if people knew everything in a cohesive way then they wouldn't oftentimes go along with it so they don't realize how they're all in, inter, intermingled mingled if you will and these slides are actually from a presentation i gave uh, a few months back but the first one is the hard sciences so the reason why this is so important for the secularists, the hard science, is because it deals with reality itself. It deals with our very existence, the essence of who we are. So as you see, we have on the screen Richard Dawkins and Bill Nye, the science guy. What's really interesting about these two guys is they're both materialists. And there's actually a video of Bill Nye talking about how dangerous it is for not to teach evolution. I mean, these people are very committed to this worldview. So you like in scripture, we are taught exactly how humans came about. Well, they want to challenge that narrative because when we take away or try to change the reality of how God made us, that has so many implications about everything else about our existence, how we function, how we think, how we should treat each other. Everything changes. And so these guys are committed to advocating. And it's funny part to me about atheists. Like, and they're both atheists. Um, of course, we know Dawkins is an atheist. Bill Nye, science guy, he's an atheist. And it's so funny to me, if you don't believe in God and you believe this life is all that there is, why do you care if I believe in God? That just never made sense to me. I mean, what difference does it make? If this life is all there is. So if I want to believe in fairy tales to enjoy myself, and that makes me happy, then let me believe it. Anyway, so when you deny the existence of some hard truths in life, 
you go out and you want to evangelize the rest of the world. And so the beliefs in the hard sciences impacts public policy, it impacts education. And that's why I picked to discuss the hard sciences first. Because when you think of one thing I can think of is ont- ontological repeat, recapitulation of phylogeny. I'm pretty sure I did. Anyway, it's this idea that Ernest Hackle put forth that um, humans, when we're in utero, babies, when we're in utero, we go through all the different evolutionary stages that our ancestors went through. And therefore, when a woman, and so I'll pause. Let me, let me back. Let me just explain this. So basically, when a baby is in utero, say if, if your evolutionary uh, ancestors were like, Mice, rats, carrots, whatever they would be, you you would just go through all these different phases. At one point, it would be a carrot. At one point, it would be a whale, a monkey, a worm, a baby, whatever. So when the case of Roe v. Wade was being argued before the Supreme Court, they appealed to Ernest, Hack, Ernest Hackle's ontological, ontology recapitulation phylogeny. But they appeal to that. So when you think you're aborting a baby, you're actually aborting a carrot or you're aborting an onion or you're aborting uh, um, a a gorilla or a whale or whatever, whatever. Because remember, according to the evolutionists, us and bananas and vegetables and tomatoes, we're all related. And they call us stupid. (laughs) Anyway, so... That transcends so much of our culture. And then we teach this to children. And these guys are the ones pushing academia because I'm 35. And I remember when Bill Nye's Science Guy videos were played in my classroom when I was in elementary and middle school. So these guys are teaching these theories to children. So when you teach kids evolution, it really creates nihilism in them. Because life has no meaning other than existence itself. So it's the only thing that is real existence itself and this very present moment that I'm in, then nothing matters but my own self and what I want. And I owe my fellow man nothing. And now they can say that we owe each other something in order to build a cohesive, peaceful society. But ultimately, that is for the collective and not me. So I should be just for me. And so you can see how the logical conclusions of their worldview really fall apart and create a lot of problems. But just to quote Dawkins, I'm against religion because it teaches us to be satisfied with not understanding the world. What? But this is what he thinks. This is what he's an evolutionary zoologist or something like that. Then we have Bill Nye, the science guy. And this was something he said when he won a humanist award. This is like in 2010. He won a Humanist of the Year award. And this is his direct quote from him. I am insignificant. And by the way, he, I, he said this in other speeches. I couldn't get a, a good video clip. because Every clip I had of him saying this quote, like it's so, so lame. He repeats this multiple times. He repeats this all, all the time. But um, the, it's like somebody's shaky cell phone image. So I can't really get a good shot. Um, so that's worth uploading. But it says, I am insignificant. I am just another speck of sand. And the earth, real, and the earth, really in the cosmic scheme of things, is another speck. And the sun is an unremarkable star. Nothing special about the sun. The sun is another speck, and the galaxy is a speck. The sun is another speck, and the galaxy is a speck. And I'm a speck, on a speck, 
orbiting a speck amongst still other specks. You're like, how many times are you going to say speck? I'm not done. In the middle of the specklessness, I suck. So this is the mindset of the people who want to teach your children science, which they, which some we can discuss scientism in another episode, which they believe is the ultimate finder of truth. That whatever scientists, the ones who tell us that gender is on a spectrum and all this other foolishness. So scientists actually have all the answers. They are the high priest of our society. So do not look to God because there is none. Do not look to your pastor because he's lying to you. Don't look to that silly myth book you call the Bible. Turn to Sir Richard Dawkins, the bearer of truth. I mean, it's again, they just, what does Romans 1 tell us? I think it's in 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. That was Romans 1.22. Perfect. These guys are poster child with this. And so then, consequently, as I mentioned before, it impacts politics. Um, the Kitts Miller v. Dover case, and I talked about this before, how they... Um, we're like, oh, well, we're, we have to teach children evolution. We can't challenge evolution. It deals with the ultimate reality. Where you're telling that the kid's ultimate reality is meaningless and I possess no more intrinsic value than a banana. So no wonder kids hate themselves and see no value in one another. Because if I crushed a banana, would you care? So if a human is on par with a banana, what, matter, what does it matter if I crush another person? See, again, the logical conclusions of these theories are very dangerous. And is advocating for a non, a culture where God is not welcome. That's ultimately what a secular society is. Also, we had Planned Parenthood and their sex ed standards, which I've talked about multiple times. I mean, it's really just as anything goes. So when you have secularism in politics, when you have no fear of God in politics, then policy is pushed down that doesn't value the will of God. Policy is pushed down that denies Imago Dei, that we are made in the image of God. For example, not just Planned Parenthood, but what about the government-controlled health care? Now, you think of places like in Europe, and the two cases that pop to mind most are Charlie Gardner and Alfie Evans. And if you guys remember back in 2008, when John McCain and Sarah Palin were running for president and vice president, they mocked Sarah Palin and said that if we have government health care, we're going to have death courts. And the arrogant people in the press, go, 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 makes me think of those characters from the Muppets, that the, the two guys that would sit in the balcony. Go, 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 go. Oh, that's so stupid. Oh, go, 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 go. And how arrogant and ignorant so many in the public are listening to these guys. And I say that and, and in kindness because there's evidence of this happening throughout the world. Because when the government controls healthcare, they control what you can and can't get. And so when your 75 or 80-year-old parent is feeling kind of sick and the government only has so much money and they got to cut costs, who are they going to save? Your dad, your grandma, or the 20-year-old? If they're rationing out healthcare. And then, too, not even if we're going to ration it out, just human life loses its intrinsic value. So if I don't think a life is worth saving, I'm not going to. So the government decides who lives and who dies. 
So we go back to the case of Charlie Gard and Anthony Evans, where Charlie Gard, President Trump offered to send a plane to fly him to the U.S. to get some treatment. The parents had raised almost $2 million. A hospital in New York said they were going to treat them for free. So a hospital in New York said they would treat them for, for free. President Trump said we would fly him over for free. And the parents had $2 million raised. So why did the British courts intervene and say no? Pulled him off life support and he died. Same thing happened with Alfie Evans. The Vatican said we will totally take care of everything. A priest was in the room at the moment that they pulled him off, before they pulled him off life support, praying and begging and said, we will take him to the Vatican. We will save this child. They didn't care. Nope. He did. Why? Because big government said so. So when you have a government ruled by people who deny the fact that this person is made in the likes and image of God, who hold to this materialist worldview, the humans have no more intrinsic value than a piece of fruit or a monkey. Then they seem it to be the perfectly fine thing to do. But when we acknowledge that human beings carry our special, the only thing that makes me special, the fact that I'm made in the image of God. And since all of us humans are made in the image of God, I am no more special than anyone else. But when we deny that reality, then we develop these worthiness hierarchies based on our own selfish human ego. And necessarily it leads to violence, trauma, and injustice. But people don't take these things seriously. When we teach our children that humans have no value, don't be surprised when they treat each other as such. And the next way the sacred progressives are infiltrating society. And in politics, I mean, you can see it in so many laws. In our nation. But I'll stop there because I want to move on. The next one is in education. And we could talk about critical theory and all these other things. But secularists, the secular progressives don't just want a society without God. They, many of them want a society without America. And I say many, not all. As I told you all earlier, Satan is the general behind this all. The, the various people who are doing these things don't necessarily know the scheme that they are a part of. Let me make that very clear. Because some of the other individuals I will refer to, I'm not going to say that they are materialists. I'm not going to say they want to bring down America. But they all are all part of the same poisonous tree and they don't know it. Some do, some don't. Now, these individuals here, um, one is Noam Chomsky. And he stated that the Republican, but he's a professor, I forget where, I think in Arizona, I can't remember. But he said, the Republican Party is the most dangerous organization in human history. That is just, I mean, it's not even conjecture. They just say things. They just say things to make it seem like they are bringing about some kind of reality that people don't understand. I mean, for you to say the Republican Party, the Republican Party was founded in the mid-19th century and one of the platform they were founded upon was the abolition of slaves. Let me guess that was a horrible thing. But one of the reasons, why why does Noam Chomsky hate the Republican Party? Why does he think we're such the most the Republican Party's most dangerous organization? We're not the Nazi Party isn't as bad. Um you can think of all the, the different organizations throughout history. I, I just I think about the Assyrians, how these skin people fillet people, we call them really alive. Uh, I think about the raping of Nan King when 
The Japanese soldiers would shove bayonets into the bellies of pregnant Chinese women and, and cut their stomachs and rip their babies out while they were alive and force men to rape their daughters and men to rape their mothers. No, that is nothing compared to the Republican Party. Well, why do they hate the Republican Party so much? It's not because of tax breaks for wealthy. It's not because we don't care about the little guy. The fact that most Republicans are serious Christians. That's why they hate us. They hate Christianity. And I and I stand by that claim. That's why we're hated so much by the people, some certain people on the left. Now, some people may have some other policy disagreement, but it isn't why. It's they hate the fact that we just love us in Jesus. And not all Republicans. There are some Republicans who are sick of Christians. There are some people who identify as Republicans who are not Christian, just so we're clear. Just so we're clear. But a large chunk of the Republican Party base, actually the most powerful base pushing Republican politicians, are Christians. And they are frankly tired of us. And that is why Noam Chomsky said what he said. Now, this lady here, Dr. Via Verschleden from the University of Central Oklahoma, actually at my job, she came, and I got to know I'm a teacher, and she started her presentation. This is what she said. And she was talking about mental bandwidth. And so the, the premise of her presentation was actually very good. She actually, the, aside from that ignorant comment I'm going to cite in a moment, actually the presentation was really good. And it was just saying that humans mentally, we only have so much mental bandwidth for the day. And that we need to keep that in mind when dealing with our students. And that's really true, even myself. Like, at the end of the day, I've, I've had enough. I want to relax. I want the quiet time. And I can only think so much. After that, I don't want to think. That was fine. But she started her presentation by saying, and I'm paraphrasing, I just want to say America, and, and actually I'm not paraphrasing. This is pretty exact, but the word arrangement may have been a little bit different. I just want to say that America, that part was accurate, is the most racist, bigoted, homophobic, misogynistic nation ever. And you know what was funny? As much as people complain that educators are a bunch of leftists, she got like one clap. The rest of the faculty were just like, what? Shut up, lady. You know, I, I, a lot of liberals are like that. They, it, it, especially a lot of times white liberals, they are actually oftentimes the worst. And I say that because they have to go above and beyond to make them feel good about themselves. It's like they're, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like they're flogging themselves. In order to to repent for the sin of whiteness, they must flog themselves incessantly and just deny how horrible and they have to acknowledge how evil America is and how privileged they are for being white and they're flogging themselves to repent for the sin of whiteness. It's just grotesque. And she was one of those kind of people. And I was just like, shut up, lady. Just shut up. Uh, and then the, the funny part was when she said that, I just went, boo. I didn't go too loud because I didn't want to get fired. But I'm just like, this lady is ridiculous. She's so irritating. But that's exactly what happened. So when you have people like her and Chomsky teaching the next minds, no wonder they're ready to burn down America. Look what they're saying. But again, a lot of these people, when they say that America is misogyny, we're misogynistic, 
what in what way? The laws that discriminate against women have changed. The only reason why people on the left, like these clowns, call Americans and people like us misogynists because we don't support the systematic slaughter of innocent children in the womb. So you can be sexually reckless, you kill your kids so you can sleep around. Since we don't support that, we're a threat, we're misogynistic, we're homophobic. I'm not afraid of anybody who identifies as homosexual. I'm not transphobic. I'm not afraid of them. However, I do not think we should teach them that these types of relationships are on par with what God designed to be the male-female relationship. I don't. But this is the left, ladies and gentlemen. Then we have Chuck Todd in the news media. So the news media also pushed secularism. We saw, uh, what's the little guy's name on CNN? Don Lemon, little guy. Such a character. He's so ridiculous. Don Lemon says, Jesus wasn't perfect. Shut up, Don. Just shut up. Anyway, in the news media, we have Chuck Todd, who is the host for Meet the Press. What does Chuck Todd say? So he read this on Meet the Press. Why do good people support Trump? It's because people have been trained from childhood to believe in fairy tales. This sets their minds up to accept things that make them feel good. The more fairy tales and lies he tells, the better they feel. Show me a person who believes in Noah's Ark, and I'll show you a Trump voter. These people who control the news media have such disdain for Christians. They think we are so stupid. They think we are a bunch of dumb hicks who know nothing. We're just ignorant. We're low class. Or we're a bunch of rich guys with cigars in our mouth and monocles on the eye. And a top hat. Like we're the Monopoly man. And what Chuck Todd is saying right here is it's Christians. It's these filthy, no good, ignorant Evangelical Christians. That's who's to blame for Trump. Now, I'm going to make a prediction. And that's not like I'm saying I have a word of knowledge from God. I'm not prophesying anything, so please don't think that's what I'm trying to do. But I strongly believe. In fact, I know President Trump is going to win in November. And what's going to happen is the news media, all the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa and all these Marxist professors and all these crazy liberals, they're going to blame the Christians. It's these Christians' fault. I mean, people are, that's what they call it, Trump derangement syndrome. The level of hatred for President Trump is so irrational. It's spiritual blindness. They hate this man and no one can tell. He says mean things. And when I ask people, what policy, what policy did he push that's been harmful? Well, it's not his policy. Holy Spirit caught my tongue because I felt like dropping like six cuss words. What do you mean it's not the policy? Then what is it? I'm not saying words don't matter. I'm not saying he could be a little less uncouth and more polite sometimes. But at the end of the day, he's not here to be my boyfriend. He's not here to date my daughter. He's here to run our country. It's a not good policy. So you can't even point to me. This man is the next Hitler. He's so evil. You have people in the streets doing mock guillotines. You had a play in New York 
paid by taxpayers' dollars, mocking his assassination. And all of this is permissible because he's supposedly so evil. But yet you can't point a single policy to justify your hatred? It's because the news media told me to? You're ignorant. You're ignorant and you're blinded with hatred. I'm sorry. Now, if you just have a philosophical difference or you say, you said, I don't, I don't like some of the things he does, but you can't even tell me a policy. What are politicians for? And what that also reveals is why we have such crummy politicians. People are voting based on personality. You guys like smooth devils. You know, I'm liking Trump to a wedding cake. Now, many of us have been to weddings. And we have gotten wedding cakes. Have been so, we're seeing what, because they're so pretty. They got these nice fondant flowers, and they're just so gorgeous. And they cut you a slice, and it tastes like crap. I like a trunk to the wedding cake that could be a little bit neater, but it tastes so good. And the whole point of the wedding cake is to eat. And it's not ugly cake. It just could be a little bit neater. But it tastes good. And the fact that that cake tastes so good, the little bit of sloppiness doesn't bother you. That's President Trump. Or yeah, sometimes he says things that are like, okay, Trump. A little hyperbole. He's a salesman. Okay, he's a salesman. I worked in sales for a large part of my adult life. Not anymore, but I've done it for a long time. So I get the sales game. But his policies, spot on. But that's not the point. They don't care. Just because my TV says hate him and therefore I hate him. But lots of times, who they blame the most in the news media for Trump are these evangelical Christians. Oh, these people are a problem. They're getting in the way of progress. We're trying to progress. And they're stopping us. That's exactly what's going on. That's exactly what's going on. And I, I wish that more people could see that. I wish more people could see what is happening with the secularists in the media and how they are pushing for an anti-Christ society, specifically our mainstream media. The next would be sexual ethics. And that's another way the secularists are trying to push God out of society. Because if you look at another area where a lot of hostility is coming from Christ, Christ, hostility is coming towards Christians, it's a sexual revolution crowd. Because as I quoted yesterday for yesterday's episode, which aired actually like, I'm not going to say because I've been working on lots of things. So had, the episode came out late, but, um, excuse me. With, with sexual revolution, as I quoted yesterday, uh, I was a, this lecture I listened to from Al Mohler. And he said, he was quoting a British uh, novelist who said, getting rid of hell was a necessary prerequisite for everyone jumping in bed together. And of course you don't get rid of hell, but you sear people's conscience towards God and, they, and the fear of God so they can feel comfortable sexually sinning. And, and I told you guys before, the life of a Christian is not one of perfection, but repentance. And when you spend time praying and studying in scripture and meditating on the word of God, when you have a sinful desire and temptation, there is a real battle going on. And I think of like Galatians 5 when it talks about it's like the flesh wants to do one thing and the spirit wants to do something else. And they're 
fighting each other because your spirit is like, no, you don't. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Like, no, you don't want you don't want to do that. No, that's wrong. It's bad. And your flesh is like, come on, this is fun. I want to do it. But when you sear your heart, you sear your mind and you sear that separation from God and you sear that fear of God, then you feel very comfortable engaging and indulging in sin. You can see I'm 23 and I've had three abortions. Yes, I have. Shout your abortion. I mean, this is this is awful. Teen Vogue, they're just such filth. Study shows young people are having more kinds of sex. And then the gender confusion and all this other stuff. See, when people are have, have fellowship with God or being indwelled by the Holy Spirit, they don't do this types of wickedness and filth and nastiness and enjoy this type of programming. But once again, once again, when you separate yourself from God, it's easier to indulge in sexual sin. So they want these 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 sexual revelators, if you will, they want to push secularism so they can indulge in the sexual desires that they want. And the next way the secular progressives are infiltrating society is through, or the last way is through entertainment. Let's do drugs, let's have sex, life has no meaning. I mean, it's all, it's so pathetic. If you notice, like you think of singers like, singers like Billie Eilish, and a lot of the singers that are marketed towards young people, they're very depressed. It's very demonic. Life has no meaning. I'm here for nothing. It's just nothing, 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 nothing. It's just so it's nihilism. And the or is let's have sex. It's all about sex, all about material, it's all about looking good, it's all about fashionable, it's all about perception. It's everything. It's, that's what everything is about. And then lastly, entertainment. And I mean, not entertainment, but drugs. Let's get high. Let's get drunk. So they celebrate all this, all these behaviors, and they use entertainment to market it. Notice that the movies that win Oscars are all falling in line with a certain worldview. Entertainment is used as a massive tool to push secular progressivism. Now, these people would not necessarily call themselves secular progressives. But just like they don't care about I, how they're going to identify us and come up with definitions, I'm going to hold on to this one because it makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. And secularism is a very dangerous and an unhealthy thing that's rising up. It's, it's been rising, but it's just getting worse and really metastasizing in the society because it's going unchecked by the church. And as I've said before, and I'm not the only person, not like I'm the only person saying these things. There's a bunch of people. It's just not enough. Just not enough. That Christians need to rise up and fight back before we're fighting for our lives. What happened to the first century church? What's happening to other Christians around the world? It could happen here. But even if it doesn't rise to the level of death, Still rise to the level of a whole lot of folks going to hell. And that is actually worse. Because if I die physically at this moment, I am present with the Lord. So actually, I've been victorious. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not ready to die. There's a whole lot more I want to do. 
want to live physically for as long as I can. I don't have any desire to die. However, ultimately for a Christian to die, death is gain. But if we are spreading the gospel, if you have people pushing the voice of God or attempting to push the voice of God out of the public square, that means more souls are going to be lost. And what are we doing this for, if not to bring people to the Lord? So thank you for tuning in to It's Solid Food. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Don't do anything stupid. That's what I always tell my students. I would say, don't do anything stupid this weekend. <laughs> I would tell them that. So you have a wonderful day. Um, be blessed and just really remember that we are living for an audience of one, and that is Almighty God. So make sure you check out my website, www.ChristinaCaramo.com, on YouTube and Facebook at the Christina Caramo Project, Instagram at Caramo the Great, that's Caramo and G-R and the number eight. Also, what else did I want to say? I forgot. Oh, we're on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you share these episodes with other people and leave a review. It's greatly appreciated. And remember to be brave and bold because the gospel of Jesus Christ must be told. Toodles. Oh, oh, oh.